Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Berkowitz, your host today, and do I have a very, very special guest and leading lady. I'm delighted to say that our topic today is our guest business name, so I don't know how we could have a better show than that, but our topic today is Create Awareness, Change Lives, and I'm delighted to introduce our very special leading lady, who is Abigail Manning, and she's the founder and speaker, um, and all around just amazing woman, and her business is Create Awareness, Change Lives Incorporated. So Abigail, I want to welcome you to our show and say hello to all of our listeners. (laughs) <laughs> well, hello, Michelle, and hello, listeners. I am beyond honored to be asked to be on the show. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to well, this conversation. Yeah, me too. Well, me too. And first of all, I want everyone to know how resilient you are, and there's a reason for that, right, is that I want everyone to know that's listening that Abigail recently <clears throat> was the recipient and winner of our Resilience Award for the National Women of Influence Awards in 2021 which for me, I thought that was one of our most special awards just because of what all of us were dealing with through COVID, at COVID, coming out of COVID. But what I really want to know, Abigail, is what, you know, what were you thinking, one, when you won the award, but two, about what the Resilience Award meant to you? I'd love to hear you share that. Oh, sure. Well, thank you so much. Well, the first thing I felt was gratitude. Um, Michael Giorgione was the gentleman who nominated me. Um, he is, I collaborate with him. We co-teach a class together and have become friends over the years. And I just was incredibly honored that he would go out of his time and take the energy and the effort um, to think of me and nominate me for something like this. So um, anytime someone that you respect thinks highly of you, it's just this amazing, wonderful full circle. So huge gratitude was the first just to even be nominated and yeah. then to learn about your organization and what you do. I just felt so grateful to be um, in the circle with you. And then the other amazing people who were nominated, I started reading their profiles and looking at them on LinkedIn. And it just was so inspiring <laughs> to see all the great work that, that other people are doing. So it was just gratitude to be among that type of circle and, and caliber of people who really care about others. Um, that was the first thing that came across my mind. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And, you know, I mean, to me, we ha- we started the Resilience Award a few years ago, Abigail. And what's interesting, you know, you never know, right? But I don't think, I mean, to me, of all the awards we have, that one to me is very special just because, you know, resilience is what keeps us going. And I, as an executive coach and somebody that, you know, works with organiza- organizations on change, I'd love to know how resilience, in your opinion, kind of fits into that. Because we had a really great quote at the beginning of the show, and it was the first step toward change is awareness. The second step is acceptance. But does resilience fit in there? I'm hoping it's a yes. And if so, how, in your opinion? 
Oh, wonderful. I absolutely think it fits into all of that. Well, as we all kind of know, life is hard. <laughs> and then when it you have hard, a leadership absolutely. role, it really is hard, right? And um, and then you have a leadership yeah. role, and that is hard. And then you're wearing other hats. Most of us are not just one-dimensional, you know, like we don't just go to work and that's it. We're also neighbors. We have friends. We're family. We're mothers. We're, you know, spouses. We're um, a bunch of volunteers and things like that. So being resilient to me is one of the key things in life. I came from a lot of trauma in the past um, in my life. I'm happy to share that. It's in my bio and all that kind of stuff. It's part of the foundation of why I do what I do. And I do feel there's a huge piece. You asked about acceptance, um, accepting the past and where you've been and what you've been through. I'm a big advocate that just because I've been through a lot of trauma and hardships, that doesn't dictate where I am now. It doesn't limit where I can go in the future. Um, and with that, you know, you learn fortitude and grit and tenacity. Um, you learn how to have humor. In, in the times when you just want to cry, it's okay to cry. I do that too. Um, but it's also okay to have humor and, and you know, and kind of find yeah. the joke in it. My, my kids are Marines, and one of the things that they always do is find humor in some of the worst situations. And, you know, you're out for a 20-mile hike with a 100-pound pack, and it's freezing cold, and they may say something like, gosh, I really wish it would start raining. And then you know, oh. also say, forget oh the rain. God. I wish it would hail on us. You know, you know, we're walking downhill. Gosh, I wish we were walking uphill instead of downhill. You know, like <laughs> just I love that. finding me humor is one of the ways I get myself back on track to accepting the situation I'm currently in, mm -hmm. looking for the good in it that, you know, there's always opportunity to grow more. Um, and also more opportunity to connect with other people. And I think sometimes some of our hardships that we've been through is really not about us. Um, it's more about how we can connect with other people and be a value to them on their path and have that natural empathy for other people. And, hey, I've learned something the hard way. And if you'd like to hear, like, some things that worked for me, I'd love to share them. Oh, wow. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. First of all, you have such passion in your voice when you talk about that. I just love, I hope our <laughs> listeners are picking up on that, which is super awesome. You know, I mean, love some of the words you said too, Abigail, tenacity and grit. Because it, it is, it's really, you know, some people are just flourishing right now. It's like with what's going on and how we're coming out of COVID. Others, it's like, they're like, oh my gosh, the, the long lasting effects of this are just, you know, continuing. And I'm curious with you, I mean, not to spend a lot of time on COVID, but what kind of impact, you know, for, for your profession and your business did COVID make for you? Like, did you immediately shift to virtual? Was it an easy transition? Just kind of give our listeners a little idea because we all have a story here and how COVID made an impact on us for our, our businesses and what we do. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I was standing on the stage at Air University and I gave, um, it's a LEDX, their Leadership Education and Development, a uh, big symposium that they do. And so I gave a speech. I also did a workshop. I was collecting business cards like you can't believe. Man, this is going to be the <laughs> best year yet. <laughs> Literally, I love that. that was the same time they were shutting down the airports and things like that. And everyone's starting to wear masks. We were kind of isolated on this Air Force base, so we weren't really, and we were so busy. I wasn't listening to the news and what was going on. I flew in fine. And by the time I left, everyone was in masks. Everyone was, you know, it was a totally different world within that week. Um, obviously, all those business cards, nobody followed up because, especially in the military, they, they have security and they couldn't even do Zoom calls at that time. Um, and so overnight, oh, wow. my entire company... Yeah, shut down. There, there was nothing. And um, 
I'm fully responsible financially and, you know, the mortgage man still comes every month and the grocery lady still mm-hmm. wants her money every month. <laughs> and so you have to be resilient. You have to pivot. You have to adjust. You have to say, okay, I've been through other things. I've been through hard things. And I am not a technology person. I get intimidated by it rather easily. So that was yet another life experience that I got to say, okay, <laughs> Thank you for the yeah. opportunity to overcome a, a fear. <laughs> and we learned how to do it. And it's shocking now that I, a couple of years ago, was scared to run a Zoom meeting. And now I just did one with the USDA. They've hired me for their Emerging Women Leader. They have a quarterly program. And we have hundreds awesome. of people on there. And we go into breakout rooms and we do the polling and we go back to a PowerPoint and then we highlight the speaker and all of it. And so I'm really grateful that we did have other forms of technology that we could use. Um, and you just pivot and you yeah. adjust. And um, it's worked out really, really well. So now I've been able to teach a lot of different places I couldn't before because some of the military, for example, I work with a lot of different groups and organizations, but if you have one person in a base in uh, Italy and one person in Florida, you're not going to fly them in for a one-day workshop, right? And so they would say, no, thank you. But now we can pull all these people from all these different areas together. Um, And so I'm really grateful for it in that regard. And isn't it it amazing of what, you know, I mean, we've all, I'd always heard about remote work and, you know, people in remote situations. We were, we used Zoom before because I had, I have a virtual staff, you know, that is in different places, but it, it was crazy how there were people that just adapted really well and, and those that struggled with it, you know, and, and good for you for being, being able to do all those breakout rooms because those were nasty to first learn and, you know, Zoom was something so different, but I, I definitely can see that that's one of the reasons why you got the Resilience Award because you just, and I hate this word now, but I'm going to say it. You pivoted. So that is a word I, I want yeah. to throw out of my vocabulary because I've done enough of it is what I keep telling myself. But I know it's going to keep coming around. But good for you. I want to focus <laughs> on you and your business when we come back in just a second. And I'm just going to take a quick second and thank one of our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to focus just on how you started your business and what was, you know, because I know you came from the military and, I want to hear a little bit about that in our time that we have together. So hang with me. Women Lead Radio was brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Abigail, I'm back to you now. So I want our listeners, you know, how did you, I mean, how did you start as you got into business as an executive coach and you know, a trainer and a speaker and all of the wonderful things you do. And then I also want to know how, how did you come up with your business name? But first I want to hear the story of how you got started in business. Well, sure. Wonderful. I'd be, I'd be happy to share. Um, so I started this, this is actually my second company that I, you know, pulled up my bootstraps and started with nothing and, and believed in me wow. and what I was doing. And, uh, and so bootstrapped it together myself, which I don't recommend <laughs> necessarily. I've done it too. But, um, yeah, no. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yay. And uh, I guess that, you know, resilient is also called stubborn. <laughs> that we just don't I like quit. That. Um, you know, that, I mean, stubborn is not always a bad thing. When I had uh, one of my kids was very stubborn, and I said, that, that is great as long as you stay on the side of good. You know, if you continue down that path and you're only going to do good things with it, then that's a great mentality. You know, you kind of flip it to the positive. But um, I started this company because my son told me I had to. I'm looking over at the chair where he literally <laughs> sat and said that to me. <laughs> and um, so the backstory is I came from childhood abuse by both my parents. I went through domestic violence and I landed in the pit at PTS. And I had these little kids that were looking over and I had uh, full custody of a five-year-old and a two-year-old and all the financial responsibility oh. and everything that comes with that. And so I ran my first company so I could get them off the bus and go to all their activities and events. And I took a vow when I was a little eight-year-old girl that the abuse was going to end with me. Obviously, I didn't know what that meant mm -hmm. at eight years old. I just knew that it was wrong what I was growing up in. Um, but I didn't know, and it's been a life journey for me. And so my double major was actually in uh, communications for cognitive, social communications and behavioral but I put together my own, going through the trenches of life, I put together my own kind of curriculum that I further developed. And my kids wow. were like, Mom, put everything how you raised us. Like our friends come to you for advice because you make sense of the really difficult things. Um, and so I just kind of put it all in the blender and came up with my Purple Threads curriculum, my Adverse Spiral curriculum. And um, he was right. He was right. I am a mission-driven person. Wow. I'm protective of other people. And if I, if I could prevent someone else from having to struggle as long as I struggled and the hardships that I faced and being able to see the things now that I can clearly see a mile away that I had no clue about before, um, mm. because you're, you know, you're brainwashed, grooming, gaslighting, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was the real reason why I started this company. I also, uh, I love being a mom. I love being a mom. And as I mentioned, both my kids are in the military, and, you know, my son is currently deployed again, and you don't hear from them. They're gone. They don't come home for summer and Thanksgiving and Christmas and call on their birthday and everything like that. Um, and so I knew that the hard way that I was going to have empty nest in a big, bad way. And so I'm like, I need something mm -hmm. that's really mission-driven. And I named the, you asked about the company name, and I called it Create Awareness, dot, 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 Change Lives. I feel it's my job to create the awareness to the best of my ability. And the dot, dot, dot is kind of like a bridge. And then it's the people who are listening. It's their responsibility to change their life. You know, it's yeah, their responsibility wow. to take information and make a difference. Like now that you know better, you can do better. Now that I can see clearer, I can, you know, go farther. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I did it. And I, and I want to clarify, I'm definitely, I was not in the military, um, but I'm a huge supporter. Um, I just got back from USAFA last week at the Air Force Academy. I was um, one of their uh, national symposium speakers. And so I actually told, oh. it's on YouTube already, and I told my first time story of my father who was Army Air Corps and Air Force. Um, we have history of family of military, and then my kids are obviously Marines military. Um, but I am not. Oh so my I, always, I always want to make sure I represent I'm so that sorry correctly. about that. I was like, I, you know what I did? I assumed. And it's like because of how you were talking with your kids in the military and the mic connection. And <laughs> I am so sorry about that. That's amazing. And, you know, I think here's the, another question, Abigail. It's like for what you do for business, do you primarily work with individuals? Is it mostly organizations and team members within an organization? Like, give us a little idea of, you know, what is it like to be you as an executive coach and as a change maker, if we could say that? 
Oh, great. Thank you. Um, I love what I love doing are the, the big stage talks. I think that's really, mm. I love doing that. And then having people come down afterwards and having questions, especially if we can do a follow-up workshop. So a lot of my business is derived either that I, I'm now internationally speaking, um, that stage or workshops where you can do anywhere from eight to the small, the largest workshop I did was 300. Um, and doing that, but I also do some coaching. And I'll, I'll be honest, I only coach people who want to be coached who want tough love, who want that accountability, who want that, okay, I want to do better. And I want you to be authentically, and I'm always going to be kind, and I'm always going to be authentic about the information. So you know I'm going to shoot straight with you, right? And I'm going to give you ideas and say, how does this feel to you? I'm a real big believer in that trauma is trapped in our body in a cellular level, and that when we don't recognize where it is, it comes out and it hijacks our brain. And when it hijacks our brain, that's when we compromise our ability to lead our best lives and live our best lives. So if we can know what those are and eliminate them, right? So we dive, we'll dive deep. Like, okay, well, how does that make you feel? And where do you feel it in your body? Are your hands shaking? Are you feeling sick to your stomach? All of that is a warning sign for your body. It's just telling you that your mind is about to go offline and go back to, you know, not the prefrontal cortex of thinking, but back to fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. <laughs> And um, <laughs> so I, I do kind of those three that. different things. But coaching, I'm, I'm definitely not a coach that comes in and says, um, you know, executives aren't used to that too. Executives um, sometimes are used to people saying just wonderful things about them. And, and that's great. We all need pats on the back, but we also need someone who's authentically caring about us and the best, our highest good that we can do. So Agree. if someone's interested in that, then that's my perfect client to work with. I love that. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about that one. And I do know uh, we have the link on our show page to your site, so that's good news. But I had a question for you. How do you, like if people want to reach out to you, how do you want them to connect with you or find you? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we did the whole thing before we went to the Air Force Academy for the National Symposium, redid our website, and they they didn't do it. <laughs> but got botched. So that as an entrepreneur is on my desk again. Um, but they can reach us at yeah. Abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L, at Abigail G. Manning, M-A-N-N-I-N-G.com. And the website's the same, AbigailGManning.com. Um, and I love hearing from people. And they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find YouTube. Um, or through, like you said, your show. Available notes. everywhere. I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, we've only got a little bit of time left, and I do want to talk about the future of you. But I'm curious, like, could you share, and again, names are protected for the innocent, I get it, but is there like a, a, a really great client success story that stands out to you that you might be able to share about where the individual was and, you know, how you provided service and what the outcome was with the, change, you know, create awareness, change changing lives. I'm kind of curious. Any success story you might be able to share? Yeah, and again, I, I won't share the name of the company, but um, because I always, sure. I'm always respectful about people and their privacy and things like that. So there were eight leaders, eight women um, in this company on the second tier of leadership, so not the CEO, CFO, that level, but the next tier down, and there were eight of them. And there was some conflict within the organization of people. So we did one, um, one-on-one coaching, and then we did a group session, and that group session transitioned everything. And what it did was a deep dive on purple threads, and purple threads is your limiting personal thoughts connected to past traumas that become physiologically tied in what you think they do. 
And when they all start understanding why that person is behaving that way, they all have, have this instant empathy for one another. It was, it was this mm. beautiful transition, and then we had to go back into one-on-one coaching to kind of reinforce that uh, you have to own your own stuff. And then it was just amazing the shift in the culture and how much people grew and stood up, and they were able to speak their truth and say things like, I need for you to do this, and here is why. And I feel this way, you know, I know that you, they knew each other. They could talk in direct language with one another of respect and dignity. Um, and it was a huge transformation among the eight of them. And um, that was really powerful to me. Um, just going back to the Air Force Academy, having cadets come up to me, these young minds, and they're the future leaders of the Air Force, and mm-hmm. come up with really thought-provoking questions and, and come back. I've taught eight classes there now, and some kids, some of the cadets are coming back, you know, time after time. And, and that is so honoring to me to see their growth and their change. And, um, in fact, they call me the Purple Threads Lady. <laughs> the, I like that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They're like, watch out, the Purple Threads Lady going to make you speak truth. <laughs> um, that's so and that's cute. The, that's really, that's sweet. Isn't that, isn't that sweet? Yeah. yeah I like and, that. Uh, and that's what is most powerful to me. And then I work monthly with Wounded Warrior Project. Um, it's a national program that I run and co-teach with an Army guy, um, a retired Army veteran, rather. And the number of times we get told that we saved a life. Um, it's just, oh, it's really powerful. Wow. So I encourage people, if you have a crazy dream, crazy ideas, like purple threads that are going to explain, you know, physiological changes within our own body, how we think, say, and do, follow it. Follow that crazy dream and be ready to work really hard and have a lot of resilience over the massive amounts of obstacles that are out there. But it's so achievable and um, it's just fabulous when you're on the other side and you know you're making an impact that helps people. Whatever your mission is, if you're achieving that mission, it's just so um, powerful, especially when you came from such a mind-numbing environment that I grew up that you will never be enough, you're never good enough, you're never going to make it to stand up on stages mm. and help other people see that, heck, yeah, I can, and so can you. And what, what do you think is the reason that you have remained so positive with what you've alluded to about, you know, your upbringing? I'm just really curious. Like, what is, is it just that tenacity and grit that you talk about, or what do you feel has been your secret sauce to, you know, just being who you are and so positive based on what you know, you've sort of shared? Yeah, thanks. Um, though you, you hit the nail on the head. Two of the, my life mission goals are create unity, connection, meaningful relationships, um, but unity, and then optimism. How do we see things more positively? How do we encourage each other? And the reason why, you had an excellent question because I've had to ask myself this too. I think it's because I saw how awful it was to have the opposite, to be ridiculed, to be shunned, to be pushed to the side, to be said you're not wanted here, to be isolated from the rest of the family and other people. That feeling of alone and not wanted and abandoned is an awful, awful, awful feeling that no human being deserves. And the feeling that this is the end, I'm doomed, life is out to get me, is an awful, awful feeling that is so counterproductive to the person and everyone around them. And for some reason, I saw all of it, and I could see it as a little kid. And I'm like, this is not right. Right. This is not the way we're supposed to be. So um, I don't know why I could see it from a very young age. I couldn't even begin to understand the other side of that, you know, the other end of that spectrum. 
but um, I, I do have to fight for it. I do have to work hard. There's, you know, I'm scared. My son is deployed right now. There's a lot of awful things going on with the Ukraine right now and innocent people. Yeah, and, right. um, you know, I'm getting like sick again. I'm just like, gosh, darn it. Like, um, so you have to work at it. You have to have the right life skills. And that's something that I teach are different life skills that people can improve, not only mentally, but physically, um, in, in, weave into their lives so that we can have unity and optimism. You're just, you are an amazing gem, Abigail. I mean, two, I got a couple other questions, but one thing I know that you mentioned was, you know, do you only work with military and veteran nonprofits? Do you work with for-profit and military and nonprofits? Or give us a little idea of who, who is your target market, if anybody's listening, because I want them to know who you work with. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I don't work exclusively for just one area or not. I seem to have gravitated. The military seems to have said, oh, we get what you're doing. And in a short amount of time, I've been able to um, enter into that, which is amazing to me. And then the veteran nonprofit field, they see what I'm doing and the adverse spiral starts at stress and goes through depression, addiction, abuse, and suicide and stuff. So they get that. They're like, okay, yeah, those are the topics we want to prevent. Um, I work with corporations too. And in fact, I'm a Vistage International speaker. Um, so if anybody's out there in oh, Vistage, nice. I, I love Vistage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So I workshop for that. I love the corporate side, um, and I'm kind of in a journey, Michelle. I used to like have to control everything, like where my kids are, what time to get off the bus, and signing up for this. And so I'm kind of having more fun with <laughs> the second company. Good for I'm you. Just letting life take it where it's supposed to go. Um, and again, if people want to be better, they want some new insights, they want a new way of looking at things, and they want some powerful tools that really help, honestly, that's my clients. That's awesome. Oh, man, that says a lot. I think that's pretty much everybody in the world right now because all I keep seeing right now, (laughs) Abigail, is, you know, people are literally turning themselves inside out, upside down. What I did before is not what I want to do now. I mean, you know, we rethought what's important to us in life, you know, and and it's, it's exciting and frustrating and all of that, you know what I mean? So good for you on that one. I do want to kind of wrap up the show and go, like, what, what, does, what are you hoping the future looks like? You know, I mean, if you could wave a magic wand right now, of course we want world peace and we have a lot going on there with, you know, that. And my, my heart goes with you on that one for all those that, you know, are dealing with what they're dealing with, with the Ukraine and, and all that. At the same time, it's like paint us a picture of you and what you're hoping for for, you know, the future of your organization and, and your future, because this is your second business. I'm on my third, by the way, but it's not a competition. Oh. It's just a, it's amazing where life kind of leads us, you know, and I'm dying to know for you, what's the future look like that you want to share? I love it, and I'd love to hear when we talk later at some other time um, about your three companies, and I think that's so encouraging for people to hear, too. You can have a different company. You can go in one direction. The other company I had was very different, mm-hmm. and then you can you can make a change, and you can go into a different direction. You're never too old to, to make a change, and I hear that from women a lot of times. Well, if I had done this when I was younger, no, no, we can still do it now. So where I go in the future um, – one is I talk about the big five of abuse, and so I want to fill my bucket and make my life really happy. I, I spent most of my entire life taking care of other people. So personally, I want to make sure I have emotional, verbal, physical, sexual, and financial success and health and well-being and kind of work on balancing within those five, not that you're ever going to have all five balanced at the same time. That would be for me personally. And then for 
for uh, my business wise, I would just love to know, I, I love it when people say purple threads, like they're like that changed my life. That made a big difference in Aww. the way I think about me and the way that is so impactful to me. Um, and so I, I don't know where the future is going to go with that, but to know that it becomes more and more um, within circles that I talk to, I would just love to continue the, the circles to expand. Like I never thought I would be uh, the, the national symposium. It's a, it's a big deal to be invited to that, mm -hmm. especially as a non-military person. Um, and so I never thought I would be there. So I don't even want to put a limit, you know, like, okay, my, I'll, I'll know I made it when I get to here because maybe that's not as big as I'm supposed to go. <laughs> So, right. <laughs> I just I love, love that. to be open. And, yeah, to be right. open. I would love, you know, financial success and abundance to flow to me easily. That that for sure <laughs> is in the vision. I love it. But that's not the primary reason I do what I do. Well, I personally think our listeners are going to be inspired um, if they're listening now on our live show and then obviously, you know, as a podcast afterwards. But that's super cool, Abigail. I mean, I always ask my guests one one last thing and I'm – I'm dying to know if you have one thing to share, you know, with other professional women. And you know what? Hold on one second. I want to back up. This is, a, this is kind of an interesting conversation because you deal in coaching and leadership and, and what you do. And we ask the question among our association, do you feel that you are a female leader or a leader? And is leadership genderless? I'm curious how you would answer that. Yeah, I would say absolutely I'm a leader. I would say absolutely I am a woman. I would absolutely say that being a leader is characteristics versus a gender. And the reason I say that is because a leader is someone whose their actions match their words. A leader is someone who can have charisma, but more importantly, they're calm, they're consistent, and they're caring about other people. And a leader is strong. They have to make, they have to make big decisions on hard topics. And um, there's there's some people I've been able to meet in the last couple of years that are amazing, and um, their leadership is very different from each other. Their style is so different. Some are men, some are women. You know, some are loud, some are like lots of words, some are very few words, but more of a look. And so that's the reason I answer with it the way I do, is I think that if we think a leader can only look a certain way, then we're going to limit ourselves. But when we're open to saying that's a leader, and I did this to my son, um, there was a lot of trauma. Two of his friends died. They died in a, fell through frozen ice, and, and his little group was wow. not doing well. And I looked at my son. I said, you're the leader of this group. Step up. He goes, I'm not a leader. I said, of course you're the leader. Step up. Step all up because they need you because he needed it too. He needed, they were in such grief. So I think if we say the leader can only look a certain way, then we limit some people who have the potential to change lives. Can I just tell you that's probably the most amazing explanation I've ever had somebody give. Because we <laughs> asked it through. No, I mean it. I, I, I seriously, because you know, I mean, it's interesting how so many women will say I'm, I'm a female leader, or how interesting so many women will say I'm a leader, and yet there's conversation on both. So I want to thank you for that because that was amazing characteristics and all of that. And I can't believe we're out of time, Abigail. So I think we need to have you back sometime. So if you're open to that, one more time, I want you to let people know how they can reach you because this, you just have so many wonderful things to say and super awesome positivity too which I love so thank you for that but how do you want people to reach you one last time and I'm going to wrap up on our show 
Fabulous. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been a blast. And I want to listen to what I said because I was just speaking from my heart. I have no idea what I really even said. Um, You did a great job. Trust me. (laughs) Thank you. And please feel free to reach me. Um, Email is abigail at abigailgmanning.com or the website abigailgmanning.com. Forgive me, my website is old. Um, It's what we originally started to do, but um, we're going to be revamping it here any day now. It's always a work in progress on that website, I'll say. But I want to say thank you Mm -hmm. to you for being just amazing as my leading lady today for our show and our guests, our guests. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you to you because we love your loyalty. We are here not only Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, but we are really growing to a national daily show. So we thank you for that. And we're international now, so which is super exciting. And we will be here for another Women Lead Radio show soon. Um, At the same time, if you want to listen to any of our shows after our live shows, you can listen on any of the subscription services like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Oh, my gosh, the list goes on and on, but wherever you subscribe. So to that, I know we'll see you again, Abigail. You are amazing. I think we all need to create awareness out there and also acceptance. And that's how I'm going to end the show. So everyone have a wonderful rest of the week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.